praised him once again. He is still um, on the throne. He is God all by himself. He is worthy to be praised. He is the only uh, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God. Yes, he is. He's uh, he's he's omniscient. He knows. He's all knowing. He's omnipotent. He's he's he, he he's all he's all powerful. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. That means that he's all knowing. That means that he knows your end from the beginning. That's right. That means that also he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. No matter what state you're in right now, no matter where your mind is right now, no matter where your finances, your marriage, your ministry, your job situation, your financial situation, God is present. Somebody say God wasn't there. He's always there. Yeah. And you just got to seek out and reach him. And he's omnipotent. I mean, he's all powerful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Lord have mercy. I mean, he is no. He got all power in his hands. He got all power trapped inside his hands, and I love it because that's not a problem now. I know that he can't solve. That's not an issue. He can't fix. That's right. That's not a mountain. He can't move. That's right. So if he didn't move it, it wasn't meant. He, if a mountain wasn't moved, it wasn't because he wasn't worthy, because he wasn't able, because he got all power. The Bible says something very interesting. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Lord have mercy. Let us learn how to seek you first. Lord God, let us learn how to put you first. Let us learn how to, um, Lord have mercy, just do um, what we have to do. To get closer to you. Because you are worthy to be praised. You are glorious. Yes, you are in power. And and, and I just want to just give your name some glory. I'm going to get into the word in a minute. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I got to finish my, keep continuing on in my series talking about David. But listen, I just want to give God some glory real quick. I just want to give him some honor. You know, I, I was talking to someone about prayer and praise and they was trying to understand how to pray i said well one of the ways i learned how to pray was uh is reading the word of god and then once i read the word of god i would pray the word that's right and and they said well how, why do you praise how you praise i said well one of the ways i learned how to praise is to start reading the word of god mm-hmm. and then um one of the good ways of of of, of praising god is to praise the word I'm, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Now, we're talking about David. And we're going to continue on with our, with our series on David. And different things that David um, went through. And the different things that he went through in his life. Different things that he went through while he went before he got it. You know, when he got anointed. Yes, Lord. See, you know, and, and I've, if you've been with me for any amount of some times, you know that the anointing will often make other men jealous. Jealous. It often the anointing will get make women, uh, men, uh, want to be you and envy you, and also the anointing will make women want to sing about you. Then you can just say vice versa, Lord, because people are attracted to the anointing. Yes, right. People are attracted to the anointing. People um, believe in the anointing. 
people want the anointing. People have to have the anointing. People need the anointing of God. I need the anointing of God in my life. Lord God, see, I need the anointing of God more than I need church. Because every church you go to, the anointing is in present. And it just is what it is. So I need the anointing of God in my life because I need the anointing of God on my job, in my home. I need the anointing of God um, to, to guide me and lead me in the plain path. I just need the anointing of God. I have to have the anointing of God. I want the anointing. I need more of the anointing. I just need to. And then after that, I need to use the anointing of God in every area of my life. It just can't be using the anointing of God in church. It just can't use, be using the anointing of God to pray and to preach and to lay hands on, on people and whatnot. But, Lord God, I need the anointing of God when, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my mind, when it comes to choosing relationships, when it comes to breaking yokes and getting out of relationships and bondage that I shouldn't be in. I need the anointing of God for guidance. Lord have mercy because we're not listening to the Lord of God. See, because what happens is that when we start being influenced by the outside world and we start being influenced by our flesh, we start making fleshly decisions. And then once we start making fleshly decisions, after we made those fleshly decisions, we are in situations caused by the flesh. And now we're trying to hear from God how to get out of a fleshly situation that we created ourselves. But we got to learn how to break that cycle of making decisions based off the flesh. Making decisions based off the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Yes, Lord, we're trying to get out of those. We're trying to break the cycle of bondage. Yes, that's what we're trying to do. So, And so I'm going to read you some things real quick. And, and I'm going to get into, uh, I'm headed to First, Set, First Samuel chapter 22. But I want to read you something real quick. I'm going to read you a couple of things in the book of Psalms. Now, David wrote some of these Psalms, not all of them. But in the book of Psalms, he wrote some of the songs. And watch this. And and what people don't really understand is David wrote a lot of these psalms. David wrote while he was on the run from Saul. While he was on the run. While he was getting ready to be captured. People were trying to kill him. And people were talking about him. Things were going against him. And he wrote a lot of these psalms um, under distress. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. A lot of those letters he wrote under distress in jail cells and going through different things. And so I found out that praise now and doctrine and praise and revelation doesn't always come from you listen to a, a man over a pulpit. Sometimes doctrine revelation doesn't really come from you hearing a good song on a radio or or somebody laying hands on you or somebody slapping you in the face with a tie. Sometimes, a lot of times, you know, the revelations that come are come from simply um, being in situations and bad situations that bring that, that squeeze and bring that anointing out of you. Are you going through a lot of pressure in your life right now? I know you believe it's the devil, but are you going through a lot of pressure right now? That pressure could be squeezing a praise out of you. That pressure could be uh, squeezing the anointing out of your life. That pressure could be squeezing some revelation out of you. That pressure you're going through, that, that thing you're going through in your mind, that thing you're going through on the job and on the marriage and with your children, with your kids and different things in, in your finances and you're going through things in your mind. Some of you have been going through a test and a battle all year. And that thing now could be simply um, squeezing um, a praise of you, um, the anointing out of you, it could be squeezing to make you better than what you were before. 
As a matter of fact, when sometimes when it's, it's stuff that can come out of you, when you get pressures on you, when things happen to you, stuff can come out of you that you even know was there. If you made someone mad, if you ever been mad with somebody, and so you somebody got upset, and that person got upset, and all of a sudden a curse word came out of their mouth, something you never heard before come out of them before, but you didn't even know that was there. <laughs> That's what kind of stuff I'm talking about. When the pressure, when the pressures of life come on you, what is um, in you is made and getting ready to come out. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Look, can I read you something real quick? Uh, this is the book of Psalms, chapter 24. This is David again. A little psalm he wrote. I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but read some of it. You know, understand what I'm talking about. He says. Psalms chapter 24 and verse number 1 It says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof The world and they that dwell therein For he hath founded upon the seas And established upon the floods Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord Or who shall stand in his holy place He that hath clean hands and a pure heart Who hath not lifted up his soul To vanity unto vanity Nor sworn deceitfully He shall receive the blessings from the Lord And righteous from the God of his salvation This is the generation that seek thee That seek thee Seek him thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king? Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He can say that because he, he knows who the king of glory is. He knows the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, because when David defeated Goliath, well, now, well, I mean, if you search on Spotify or the early episodes that we, we, we presented you on Jalo Ministries, Jalo Ministries, and then Henry Lee. And when you search that out, you're going to find out as we was talking, we found out that David defeated Goliath. But David believed that it was not him. Himself feeding Goliath. David believed that the battle was the Lord's. And so many people now trying to stand in their own strength. That battle you're fighting right now, the battle doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. That ought to be comforting to you. And then you know the Lord is going to defeat And you know the Lord is defeated in everybody. Let me, let me give you something else. Uh, look at uh, Psalms. Uh, for a minute, Psalms chapter 27. This is one of my favorite Psalms. That uh, David wrote. Um, Psalms chapter 27 around verse 1. It says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked... Even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Lord have mercy. One of us, because thou, though an host shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Ooh-wee. He is confident. And all this stuff come against him. He, you know why he's confident? Because he's been through it. You see... Here's what I'm trying to tell you about David. And here's what I'm trying to tell you about yourself. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's, it's different aspects of things. See, you can, have you ever, um, oh my God, I shouldn't, I don't really want to use this analogy. But I, I may have to, I'm trying to think of a better one. Have you ever tried to, have you ever ran into someone who, um, my gosh, it's a lot of possibilities in this. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it is what it is. Have you ever had somebody trying to tell you how to raise your kids and they don't have any kids? Have you ever ran across someone who 
after you graduated graduated high school and you graduated college and you grad you went to grade school um and grad school and all that stuff, you don't did everything you had to do, you don't study down so have you ran to somebody who never finished high school trying to tell you what it takes to be a high school graduate and to be um a college graduate and to be a PhD and different things you've done? Have you ever ran to somebody like that? Have you ever ran to somebody who doesn't have a house but wanna tell you what it takes to get a house after you only purchased a house and got the house and did what it had to do. Have it ran to somebody who's trying to tell you how to be a champion and they always losing? Have it ever ran to somebody trying to tell you? I know what I'm trying Here's what I'm saying. The reason why David can say, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, whom shall I fear? The reason why David can say, the Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? The reason why David can say, when the wicked... Even my enemies and my foes came on me to eat of my flesh and stumble and fail. The reason why he can say that is because he's been through that. So he's experienced that. And so he knows that they cannot. There's a lot of people who are preaching to you right now, telling you what God can do, but they never experience what they're talking about. And so let me help you out. There's a lot of people right now who are telling you that God can forgive you or anything and, and God will, can do anything. But yet, when you get in a situation where you need forgiveness, they won't forgive you and they won't and treat you and they preach you into hell because they have never even experienced the thing that they're preaching about or talking about. I'm like, how in the world could you tell these people that God can forgive them and God can lift them up? And yet, when it comes time for them to be lifted up, you keep putting them down. It's because I figured out they would, they 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 never been through what they were talking about. Especially the people who feel like they've done never done anything wrong. So how do you know that God can forgive me of anything? How do you know that God can ever bring me out of anything if you've never been through anything? If you never tried the word of God, if you never experienced that, then what are you, then what are we talking about? Because when it comes time for it to actually happen. You're lacking in faith and you don't believe it and you're, you're preaching folks in hell because you're, you're, you're telling some, them something that you never experienced or that you don't believe or that you've never been involved in. But David is not like that. David's like, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you what I, I'm, I'm telling you what I've heard in this in seminary somewhere. I'm telling you something I experienced. See, it's a difference from someone saying, let's go, or somebody saying, I know the way. Now, there are instances where there's a difference between somebody saying, hey, well, I got the faith to believe because I had the faith to do this and never had the faith to do anything. but telling you to have faith. There's a difference somebody telling you, try this, I know it works. Instead of saying, that that works, try that. Well, have you tried it? Have you tried God? Have you tried in that situation? No, no, but I'm just, what well, in? Because when it comes time, because and it's dangerous, because when it comes time to believe God, when it comes time for you to need help in that area and, and, and counseling and comfort and different things that you're going through, that person won't have your back because they don't believe that. You feel what I'm saying? Lord have mercy. Ain't, ain't that mercy? Ain't God good? And let, let me show you something else. And I'm not really talking about nobody. I'm just saying, you know, trust me. If Say if you want to start a business. And you got a businessman over here don't start a sexual business. You got things going on. You got another man over here. He working a job. So 
it comes a time that you want to start a business. So you're looking for advice, start your business. Who who you think you're going to listen to? Both of them talking, but who you going to listen to? You going to listen to the man who never started a business before? You about to listen to that man who never even started a business before. And the man who, who knows what he's talking about, knows what he's doing. Been there, done that. Dealt with different things. And that's who you're going to listen to. It don't fit. It don't fit. You got. You got. Listen. That's. And let me. Let me keep reading stuff. But this is how. And this is how you pray. See. And then let me give you an example. So what I'm talking about. When I say you can pray the word, and you can like um, praise the word. For instance, when I when I read to you earlier, in Psalms chapter 24, and I said, well, he says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world in there, they that dwell therein. You can pray that. And he said, Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I know that the earth is yours, and I know that the fullness thereof is yours, Father God. And I know that all the dwell therein is yours also. And you can be, and then when the book of Psalms, chapter 24, like I just read, when I told you, when it says, Who is the King of Glory? The Lord is strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. You can say, Lord, I know you are the King of Glory. I know you are strong and mighty. I know you are mighty in battle. Hmm. That's how you pray the word. And then you can come with your song, chapter 27. You can begin to pr you can praise God. And you can say, Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I just thank you. I praise you. I lift you up because you are my salvation. You are my strength. You are, you are my light. Listen, Lord God, I thank you right now because my enemies cannot stand against me. My foes cannot stand against me because they will stumble and fall. I thank you right now. That's how you learn how to praise and pray the word. You learn because you're learning a lot. You can learn a lot. From uh, these 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 men and women in the Bible who've been through a lot of different things. Glory to God. And um, to maybe tomorrow or next week, I'm going to show you how, because by way of review, because my last left off from you. If, if you uh, tune into the broadcast and David Part Four, you'll find out that David has been. Has been now he's ran, he's escaped to a cave of Adullam, and Saul is trying to kill him. By way of review, if you were with me last time, you, uh, we talked about how Saul now is trying to kill David, and he's chasing David, and David's fled. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, David has fled to a cave, he's living in a cave now. He's anointed, but in a cave, he's anointed, but in a dead end job. He's anointed, but in a bad marriage. He's anointed. He's anointed, but he's living in the cave. You don't want to go there with me. But he's anointed. See, that's why you can't look at somebody's circumstances and say they're anointed. You're looking at somebody's financial situation. Oh, they're not anointed. Is that right? You're looking at somebody's, how many members they got. Oh, they're not anointed. Is that right? You, you, One thing about the anointing I learned about, and I should I have a whole tight on this because I want to share this revelation on another setting. In another setting. But the anointing is precious. The anointing, it, it doesn't, it, the anointing is, is precious. I put it that way.
See, sometimes, and I, and I, and I, and I, in their views with me for some time, I was talking about this gentleman who wrote a book about David. He's trying to, he was, and he, what he was saying in his book was, he was trying to say that the things that David went through before he became the actual king uh, worked on his character so he could, you know, good, and, and when you think of character, you think somebody was a good moral quality. But David didn't really get himself in trouble until he got the kingdom. So I, here's what I believe, because the the, the thing the uh, it was a fascinating book, but I think the book had the wrong character. It should have been written about Joseph, but it's okay, whatever. No, I ain't write the book. You know, cool, cool, whatever, whatever. But I believe that everything that David went through just kept him humble. <laughs> Because all David's life, he still understood who was the real king. He understood who he represented. Kabul, He understood that all of his days, it was not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And some would say, well, Bible scholar would say, what about when he numbered the people? And I would say to that, we all fall sometimes, don't we? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but let, but by way of review, and we in this but by way of review, and I'm gonna read. I'm try. I might try to get through this first uh, Samuel chapter twenty-two, and, uh, and we're gonna start reading again in verse uh, one, first Samuel chapter twenty-two, verse one. Let's look at what it says. And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it. They went down thither to him. Now they heard of it. They went down thither to him. And anyone that was in distress, he was distressed, they were distressed in circumstances in mind. Anyone that was in debt, they didn't have no money. Negative. Negative money. No net worth, but it was in debt. Anyone that was discontented ain't happy nowhere. The three days. That's right. The three days joined themselves to David. Distressed, debt, and discontented. But the reason why they join himself into David is because David has the anointing. David's anointing. And it's the anointing that, that destroys the yoke. All these are yokes, distress, debt, and discontented. And some of you understand my voice right now. You're going through some debt. You're going through some distresses. You're going through discontentment. You, you ain't happy nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You ever seen somebody who ain't happy in no situation? They making $35 an hour ain't happy. They making $10 an hour ain't happy. They, they with this woman ain't happy. They with that woman ain't happy. Redhead, blonde, black, white, no matter who it is, not happy. The woman cooking clean, not happy. The woman don't cook and clean, not happy. The woman, they ain't happy with themselves. They ain't happy. They discontented. That's the spirit. And then somewhere in debt, somewhere discontent, distress, in circumstances, my. All these people joined themselves to David. And watch it. They gathered themselves into him. And he became a captain over them. Just the same way Jesus became a captain over our salvation. Because we came to Jesus in debt of sin, distress, and circumstances of mind. Discontented. He became a captain over them. Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. The apostle of our profession. Lord have mercy. Can I, can I read on? And I'm going to read some more of this. And, I says, and there was with him about 400 men, 400 circumstances. 
But then David went thence to Mizpah of Moab, and he said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you, till I know what God will do for me. God, what is David said, now, this is very ironic. This is very um, interesting. Because if you was to trace David's family tree back, there's a woman. Let me get it right, Lord. There's a woman by the name of Rahab in his family tree, which was not of the people of Israel, the harlot Rahab. And also, I may I may get into that. See, I'm going to get into that next time I get in before you because I want to show you something in David's family tree. Because that's what I'm saying. you. David is such a unique man of God. There's a reason why he went to Moab. Because the people, the people of Israel were instructed not to go to Moab. See, that's why you got to understand, the, the, the Bible is not black and white, and life is not black and white. There are certain things that you have been commanded not to do, and there are certain things that you we know is not wrong, but there are certain situations in your life that you did what you thought was right at the time. And somebody judged it for it. Listen, there were certain people who wouldn't even help you that was of the people of God. But there were certain people who was of another faith, or another of, of another time, or of another faith, or another different religion, different things going on with them, and they helped you. <laughs> See, it was a time when you needed to borrow some money, and the Christians wouldn't lend it out. But there were some people of another faith, or may not even believe in somebody's God, gave you some money. There was a time when you may have needed a place to stay, and that person that you were staying with wasn't of the, of the same faith as you. But the people of the same faith, you can lend out a helping hand. But <laughs> the other person of another faith helped you out. There were some folks co-signing because it could be a, a dangerous thing. And nobody would help you. But you needed a whip. You needed a ride. And there was somebody out there of another faith, of another time, had, had decided. We're going to help him out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Life is not always black and white. There were some people who, would, who would not, could not get you a job. They were of, a, another, of the same faith as you. But there was somebody of another faith and of another time that said, I can get you a referral. I can get you in. Now, are you going to be so religious that you're going to turn that thing down? Or are you going to sit back and let God let your enemy bless you? Or let the somebody of a different faith you bless you? Or are you going to be so religious that you're going to say, Oh, I can't accept. I can't do that. That's what's going on with David right here. David And, and, and David is linked to the people of Moab in a way. And I'm going to show you that. In, in, um, first, um, first, first, when we come back, I'm going to show you how... Um, God commanded the people, his people, Israel, to stay away from the people of Moab. Then I'm going to show you how yet David had some Moab in his bloodline. We're going to get into that later on. But right now, we're going to keep reading on. But, but uh, you're going to have to put your finger on him. First uh, Samuel chapter 22, around verse 3. And he, and I says, he brought them before the king of Moab. And when they dwelt with him, all the while David was in the hold. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get into the land of Judah. 
Then David departed and came into the forest of Haraf. And the prophet, see the prophet prophesied to David and said, get out of the hold. Let me let me get this. Let me get this perspective for you. In the, in the hold, it's interpretation of the stronghold. There's some strongholds in your life that you've been abiding in. But the prophet is telling you right now, today, is the way you get out of the stronghold is you're going to have to get to the land of Judah. What is the land of Judah? Judah's name means praise. Judah's name means praise. The only way to get rid of the stronghold and get out of the stronghold is you got to learn how to praise the Lord. You're going to have to learn how to get into the land of praise. Some of you have lost your praise. Some of you have lost your praise. Now, you used to love praising the Lord. That's what you live for is to praise the Lord. You live to praise and worship the Lord. That's all you want to do is praise and worship the Lord. When you was praising and worshiping the Lord, you didn't care how much money you was making. You didn't care if you was married or not married. You didn't care if you had a house. If you didn't, you didn't care what you, you didn't care about. You had no care in the world. You you because you when you was praising the Lord, you had set your affections on things above, and not things on beneath. But when you stop praising God, you start you came down and you start seeing the trouble and the filth and the, the circumstances of this life. But if you can just learn how to praise the Lord again, then you can get out of the stronghold. Lord have mercy. Whoo. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. God bless you. Listen, I'm about to get I'm about to leave this one alone. When we come back, we're gonna discover how David we're gonna discover some different things in David's bloodline. And I'm gonna show you why David is such a unique character. I'm gonna show you why David is so unique. As far as his bloodline and his family history. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about David. God has to keep David alive. Because in David's bloodline is going to come forth the Messiah, Christ. Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. Listen, God is keeping you alive right now. Because in your bloodline. You have the spirit of Christ. Listen, give God a praise. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed.